Hello and welcome to the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the notion of the 10% rule or the impact of 10% on our photography. This is episode 413. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for joining me today. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, I really do appreciate you spending a few minutes out of your week to listen to the podcast. Don't forget my partner in crime, Lori, and her herbal studio, RitualMischief.com, is offering 10% off to any podcast listener for purchasing any of her herbalism products with the discount code PODCAST10. That'll save you 10% on any of her products. Also, I'm getting ready to offer an online printing workshop for two Saturdays. It's going to be a six-hour total class. That'll be announced here pretty soon. And don't forget to check out my other workshops up on my website, danieljgravy.com. If you're interested in diving deeper into black and white, printing, travel, Palouse photography, anything like that. All right, the 10% rule. Several years ago, I read an article in Lenswork Magazine, which is published by Brooks Jensen, and he's the editor of, of Lenswork. Really beautiful black and white magazine going back for decade, or for years and years now. They offer some color work in there, but if you haven't seen it, it's a really well done magazine for photography. And Brooks has written a lot of information about that. And I could not actually find the lens work. I got about 130 or 40 of them on the shelf, but I couldn't find the actual one digging through. But years ago, he had mentioned that in photography back in, this is sort of in the film days, but if a photographer, say, had 10,000 negatives, they might print a thousand of those. After they cull through the 10,000, they might print a thousand. Of those thousand, a hundred might be good. Good enough to show. Of that 100, 10 would be kind of come the photographs you would be known for. Those would become your sort of important photographs. And one would become the photograph that your notoriety for, your most famous for. And he then goes on to talk about how that affects something. But I got to thinking about that 10%. The really the notion of if we're 10% successful in our photography, by the way, I think that would be a home run. If 10% of all my photographs were great, that would be a miracle, and I'd be incredibly prolific. But again, as Brooks talks, it's sort of a funnel. We do a narrowing of 10% of 10% of 10%. And in the digital sphere, what's interesting is if I have 100,000 photographs, eh, let's say I've processed 1,000. And of those 1,000, 100 are okay and good enough to be printed. Of those, 10 go into the portfolio. And again, one is probably the one I'm known for. So there's a weird sort of logarithmic jump here in the digital world because of the volume we create. But I think the principle is the same, that in our photography, there's this notion that we narrow down at some percentage what are truly effective photographs. But the 10%, like I said, was the piece that was interesting to me. So that first thing we just talked about that Brooke introduces, I call the rule of images. 10% of 10% of 10% of your images tells you something about your images. But how much of our time is actually spent seeing versus looking? When we're out taking photographs, we walk around and we look at a lot of stuff. And I think for us to make meaningful photographs, significant photographs, we have to see. And by see, we have to somehow find what is it about what we're looking at and how it relates to us, our core values, our feelings, our emotions. Can I then get the right point of view, frame, and everything into that image so that it is truly reflective of me? And that is seeing. So did you see something? Something that not a lot of other people might notice. So that's why I think one of the greatest compliments we give a photographer is that was well seen. Or, wow, I wish I had seen that. I'm looking at the photograph, but could I have seen that out in the real world? Because a lot of times I don't think we do. We spend a lot of time looking. And we have a lot of photographs that are the result of looking. There are least interesting photographs. They're where we look rather than see. And I think the difference is, again, probably about 10%. We spend 10% of our time seeing 
and 90% of our time looking. And that's not necessarily a bad percentage, but I do think if we could increase that little bit, a little bit, we could increase our scene just a little bit, we would increase the success rate of our photography. And that 10% that we talked about in the beginning would then maybe move to 11%, 12%, 15%, because we spent more time seeing. I think we also have a 10% rule when it comes to wishing versus working. I think, well, I know I do, but I know a lot of other photographers. They wish they could spend more time on their photography. They wish they could spend more time on learning Lightroom or learning a darkroom technique or whatever. And then they spend about 10% actually doing the work. Again, 90% of the time wishing, 10% working. If we could adjust that a little bit, increase the amount of photographs we could take. Maybe you go to 50% wishing, 50% working. Or you go all hog wild crazy and you decide, I'm going to wish 10% and work 90%. Whatever you decide, a little movement of that work versus wish needle could be significant in the number of meaningful images we create. In addition to that, I think there's also thinking versus non-thinking, which is different than working versus not working, working versus wishing. In the sense of thinking versus not thinking, there's a lot of times that we spend thinking about what our photograph should be, thinking about what we're trying to say in the photograph, what we're trying to communicate, who would the photograph be interesting about. And we also spend a significant amount of time not looking at our work, not thinking about photography, not thinking about improving our craft, not looking at other people's photography. We might doom scroll through social media, but are we really, again, seeing the photographs, studying the photographs, figuring out how to elevate our conversation and our game in photography, or are we just sort of satisfying a dopamine hit of pretty colors? I think when we spend time thinking about our photography, meaningfully thinking about our photography, it provides exponential growth in our ability to execute what we want in our photography. And again, I think that probably in the difference between thinking, truly thinking about photography, and casually looking at photography, again, is probably 10%. For some, it might be the exact opposite. But I think in general, as a generalization, because that's what you do in a podcast, you generalize to make it more interesting. We generalize that out. I think we end up with a 10% piece. And my theory for today is the 10% rule. So everything's got to fit in that bucket. The last bucket, though, is the uh, inner critic. So that voice inside your head that keeps you from one getting hit by a bus because it tells you danger, danger, don't step off the curb, is also one that tells you danger, danger, you're a terrible photographer and you need new equipment. Or danger, danger, you're a terrible photographer, you should stop processing or stop sharing your work or stop thinking about sharing your work or you should worry about whether or not strawberry pants are in season this year instead of making a photograph. Whatever your inner critic tells you. The thing about the inner critic is it's not there all the time. But Sort of like on social media, sort of like in politics, sort of like in a lot of things, the loudest megaphone seems to have the largest percentage of the conversation, which is actually not true. Most of the conversations in your life are not controlled by that inner critic. Most of your time in photography is not controlled by the inner critic. It probably does get, and actually in this case, I do think it probably gets about 10% of the voice. That 10% though, that thing's got a megaphone at like, cranked to a million. So it gets to be loud. So it becomes what we think is the dominant voice. It becomes the 90% of the conversation. But in reality, if we look at the amount of things you do in photography, where that critic is not the dominant element of the conversation, I do think it represents 10% or less. It's just a loud 10%. 
So again, if we think about our photography now in these this sense of 10% chunks for the various things we do, whether it's the number of successful images we get, whether it's the way we see versus look, if it's the way we think about images, the way we wish we were working, our inner critic, all those bubbles up and probably dozens of other things we could think about could sort of fit into this model. The reason I bring up the, the notion of 10% is what would a small change in that percentage do to the type of work you create? Let's say like your success rate of images, you increase your scene. So you're going to spend more time focused on truly digging in and doing the writing, doing the heavy lifting to make sure that you are more grounded to the work that matters to you. So that when you go photograph, you're seen now with that eye. And let's say your scene now goes up to 30%. You take a 20% increase in that. Now, 30% of the time you're out, you're now seeing and making more significant photographs. That means in that first bucket of that 10% to 10% to 10% to 10%, the number of images in there that are now successful will increase. And yes, while it might still come down to at the very end, we still get one or two hallmark images, but that pool that we get to select from of the iconic images that we make that, are, that matter to us, that are significant to us, that say something about us, as those things pull together, a small change in scene has a huge impact on the outcome. If you take the amount of time that you're thinking about photographs and you increase that to 11%, 12%, a small change there. And all of a sudden you think about, wow, you know, in my own work, when I look objectively at my own work, you know, one of the things I really need to think about is, let's say the size of the frame. Should I be rectilinear at two by three? Should I be eight by 10? Should I be one by one? What should the aspect ratio be that feels the most intuitive and natural to my work? And if I shift into that, that's a small shift in the grand scheme of the photography. But that's a cataclysmic change in how you feel about the meaning of your work. So again, a small change, a small lift up or down off that 10% can make a huge difference. If you think about your inner critic, if you took that megaphone that is so loud and just think about dropping the volume 10% and then dropping the volume 10% again, because it's never going to go away. But if it didn't seem like it was so loud that it was overbearing, you'd be in a much stronger position, a much more happy position to feel like you're making a bigger difference in your photography without all the negative talk. And so that's why I kind of conceptualize this idea of a 10% rule. If I could make a small change off of 10%, I could have a huge change upstream, the ripples in the pond effect. And so that's what I want you to think about if you're looking at your photography, you feel like you're sort of in a rut, you're sort of not sure where to go. Instead of trying to bite the whole apple at one time, take a smaller bite. Think about 10%. What would a little change be, a small change be in that? Hell, and even if we did something simple like Lightroom organization, what if you just organized 10% of your catalog and then the next 10%? 10% would give you a huge lift knowing that this year, 2023 is organized. What a huge relief that is. It's a small change. It's the small things that matter. And the reason I think it also matters in our photography is when we then even take this out of sort of the ethereal, esoteric cloud level we've been talking, and we bring this into the real world of looking at a photograph. When we frame a photograph, a 10% shift in that frame 
can make the difference between an amazing photograph and a bland photograph. Paying attention to the little nuances of composition, the separation of tones, the separation of colors, the moment of a gesture, a 10% difference in any of those can dramatically shift how we experience the photograph. And so by starting to think about what are little things we do that make big differences, I think we set ourselves up to be much more successful because we're no longer worried about, again, the whole apple, the whole pie. We're worried about the small little things that we feel like we might be able to control and might be able to change. I never feel like I'm going to be able to go out and take a trip and be able to make 100 successful photographs. But I can definitely think, oh, I probably can get one or two. Again, out of that thousand that I take, can I get down to that one in the 10% you know, dive into the, fun the funnel? Absolutely. And I think that's what's important when we create work. I hope you have a wonderful week behind the camera. I hope you get to do something fun and creative at least 10% more this week than you did last week. Thank you so much for being a part of the little podcast universe we've got over here. Really do appreciate it. Don't forget to check out my workshops and don't forget podcast 10 up at ritualmischief.com saves you 10% off as Lori's way of saying thank you for letting me talk without her having to listen to me talk about photography. So that's her little thanks to all of you for being the listeners out there. Have a great week and I'll see you next time.